It's Tuesday, May the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, repudiation of Roe v. Wade and Mariupol's citizens under fire again. First, the world in brief. A leaked draft opinion appears to show that a majority of America's Supreme Court intends to strike down Roe v. Wade, the landmark decision made in 1973, which established abortion as a constitutional right. A draft ruling on a pending case leaking is extremely rare, and perhaps unprecedented, and suggests deep divisions in the court. At least 12 states have, quote, trigger laws that would automatically ban all abortions if Roe is overturned. Russia reportedly resumed its attack on the Azovstal steelworks in Mariupol, a port city in southeastern Ukraine, as efforts to evacuate hundreds of civilians trapped in the complex stalled. Meanwhile, in Odessa, a Russian missile strike on a church killed a number of civilians, including a 13-year-old child, according to the local authorities. An American diplomat predicted that Russia will hold, quote, sham referendums, to annex the regions of Donetsk and Luhansk in mid-May and later on in Kherson. Germany suggested it might shift its position on an EU-wide embargo on Russian oil. The EU could now announce a ban on the import of oil from Russia with immediate effect this week. Germany, which is heavily reliant on the stuff, had been the main stumbling block to such a move. But the country's finance minister, says the economy is now, quote, able to bear an embargo. The yield on American 10-year Treasury bonds reached 3% on Monday, before slipping back slightly, its highest level in more than three years. Yields have risen as bond prices have fallen in response to the Federal Reserve's promise to raise interest rates. Workers at an Amazon facility on Staten Island voted decisively against unionising, with 62% rejecting the proposal. In April, employees at another Amazon warehouse in the same borough of New York voted to form the e-commerce firm's first union. That had raised the hopes of labour organisations, which sensed the tide shifting in their favour after years of fruitless campaigning. Spirit Airlines, an American budget carrier, rejected a takeover bid by JetBlue in favour of one by Frontier, a no-frills competitor. Though JetBlue's $3.6 billion offer represented a 37% premium over Frontier's, Spirit said it came with a, quote, unacceptable level of closing risk, given the danger of the deal being blocked by antitrust authorities. A tie-up between Frontier and Spirit would make America's fifth-largest airline by seat numbers. The European Commission accused Apple of restricting outside developers' access to its mobile wallet technology, thereby privileging its own Apple Pay service on iOS devices. That policy, quote, may have restricted competition, said the Commission's antitrust chief. Apple, which says its mobile pay service is one of many available to Europeans, may face a fine once an inquiry is completed. And fact of the day. 49 minutes. The amount of extra time spent on vigorous exercise a week by those who own wearable devices. 
And now, here's today's agenda. Roe v. Wade's days look numbered. The Supreme Court may be on the verge of overruling Roe v. Wade, its decision in 1973 that guaranteed abortion as a constitutional right. A 98-page leaked draft opinion, published by the Politico website on May 2nd, reveals that a majority of the justices supported Roe's reversal in February. Assuming that position continues to reflect the court's view today, it could, within two months, jettison a right that has endured, despite heavy criticism and frequent challenges, for 49 years. The opinion may well be genuine, but drafts and votes often evolve. In 1992, five justices initially voted to overrule Roe until Justice Anthony Kennedy changed his mind before the ruling came down. It is not clear what motivated the unprecedented leak of the draft opinion in this case. Perhaps someone wants to deter a wavering justice from drifting away from his or her initial support of Roe's demise. Can America's arms industry keep up? Eight decades ago, Franklin Roosevelt dubbed America, quote, the great arsenal of democracy. The phrase still resonates. Last week, President Joe Biden asked Congress for $33 billion to respond to the Ukraine crisis, including $20 billion for military assistance. That adds to the $13.6 billion approved earlier this year. America has been Ukraine's biggest armourer, drawing on its own stockpiles. Take Javelin anti-tank missiles. Since 2018, America has sold or donated 7,000 to Ukraine. That might be as much as a third of its stock. On Tuesday, Mr Biden will visit the factory in Alabama, where javelins are assembled. It makes just 2,100 a year. Production could, in theory, be ramped up, but defence contractors face other problems. The COVID pandemic, tight labour markets and global shortages of computer chips have hit manufacturers hard. War in Ukraine is still a limited commitment. If American industry is straining to meet current demand, could it cope with a bigger war? A gloomy World Press Freedom Day The free press is facing its greatest challenge since the Cold War, as populist authoritarianism gathers strength around the world. The UN reckons that 85% of people live in countries where press freedom has declined over the past five years. The ways in which governments are going after reporters has changed. As well as physical violence, authoritarian leaders are increasingly using more insidious methods of suppression. Financial bullying, bogus lawsuits and technological attacks. Some reporters are fighting back. Take Lucy Kassa, a journalist reporting on mass murder committed by government forces in Tigray, a region of northern Ethiopia racked by civil war. Miss Kassa fled the country after armed men turned up at her door. But she continues covering the atrocities from afar, using satellite imagery to verify testimonies. Quote, I have a strong belief that the truth will find ways to reveal itself. Miss Kassa says, and I consider myself 
as an instrument of that. China eases up on big tech. The Chinese government has made an unexpected concession to the big tech groups it has targeted for the past year. On April 29th, it said it planned to normalize regulation and, quote, promote the healthy development of the platform economy, meaning the large consumer internet groups such as Alibaba, an e-commerce giant, and Tencent, a gaming and social media conglomerate. The new language from the state has sent tech stocks soaring. It is the best news for the companies in over a year. Will all be smooth sailing from here? Not quite. The tech crackdown has done long-term damage to the company's ability to innovate. Many are now highly risk-averse. Pushing into new, fast-growth lines of business is not on their agenda. The shift in state policy could also be temporary. When China recovers from its current COVID-19 outbreak, some of the internet groups might yet again feel the heat from regulators. Bill Gates on Pandemic Preparedness It is just over a year since Bill Gates published How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. Now, in his new book, published on Tuesday, he sets out to explain how to prevent the next pandemic. Pathogens know no borders, and governments are curiously uninterested in contingency planning for new diseases. While COVID-19 remains fresh in people's minds, Mr Gates, techno-optimist that he is, sees an opportunity to correct this. He suggests creating a global, quote, fire brigade of 3,000 experts around the world recruited for skills ranging from epidemiology and genetics to diplomacy. This outfit, to be overseen by the World Health Organization, would remain on permanent standby, ready to respond to any outbreak. He thinks it would cost about $1 billion a year. Whether anything like it comes to pass, as the world's attention shifts from COVID-19 to Ukraine, remains to be seen but the idea is surely worth exploring. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to Quiz Espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. What term, developed in America in the late 19th century, is used for a ground beef patty served as a main course with gravy, not in a bun? Tuesday. What trophy is given to the winners of the annual rugby match between England and Scotland? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Gary Becker, who died on this day in 2014. The most fundamental constraint is limited time. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence. 
by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.